Hello and welcome back to Oklahoma Life. My name is Brandon Hines once again. Uh, Vanessa Hines, my lovely wife. Hey y'all. And we are jumping back into part two of our origin story. Now we've already told this story once. Um, I kind of suck at audio, um, <laughs> you know, recording setups and we struggled with it. The uh, microphone situation wasn't really where it needed to be. So this is the second time we're going back through it. So if it sounds kind of awkward, like we've told this story or anything like that, it's because we actually have. Uh, and we uh, kind of pulled that that podcast out, and we're going to start it again. So we are catching back up from the previous episode where, um, you know, we, we told the story about where, you know, we, we started with her, you know, having a, a little bit of an upchuck on herself all the way into a, uh, you know, strange scenario through restaurants and everything else to get back together. And uh, we're, we're really kicking off at the wedding itself. Now, the wedding itself um, is, is a little bit different. We didn't jump straight into the let's plan a huge, giant, fun festival. Instead, we really decided, you know what, let's do this thing for us. Um, and originally planned, it was literally for us. Um, right. So I'm going to let you kind of take off from there because, uh, you know, nobody pisses off relatives as good as you did that time. So go ahead. <laughs> so... We were originally going to get married with just us Mm -hmm. and one person for each of us. Right, right. Almost eloping, but locally. Right. And I, I don't know why I told anybody that, but I told my grandmother as soon as it snuck out. Yeah. And my grandmother, my father's mother, was very upset. Right. It was very, very important to her (laughs) to be a part of my day. Yeah. And. I was just kind of, you know, okay, we'll change our plans. I don't want anyone to be upset and sad that they missed the day, you know. I mean, I didn't didn't quite realize how important it was. Yeah, but we also didn't really plan it as a, like, traditional, like, we're getting married thing. Because, like, you were like, I'm going to school first. Like, (laughs) you know, because we were getting married sometime in the mid-afternoon. Yeah, so we got married at three-ish yeah. on a Wednesday afternoon. I was in nursing school at the time. Right. So I had clinicals that day, actually. Yeah. And I went to them because I was in nursing school. Right. And you, nursing school like, is just crazy. It's more important than marriage. Come on. <laughs> so I had some people tell me that that was kind of crazy. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be great. I'll finish up my clinical and then I'll go get married. Yeah, for sure. And then... I got to clinicals and I'm, I'm a girl. Today. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember why I was crying, but I guess it was just the pressure of all the things that I was going to have to do after yeah, clinicals. Right. And so. Well, because it was kind of a rush, though. I mean, the plan was for you to be out at like two. And then we had yeah. to drive out. You had to get dressed and meet with a photographer. And, right. Because we still did the photography thing in the middle. Yes. Thank um, goodness. Yeah. I'm so, so pleased. That is one thing that I tell people now is when you get married, have a good photographer. Right. No matter how you get married, you're going to want pictures of that day to remember. And I'm so glad that we ended up having mm-hmm. we ended up having a really great photographer who was just getting started. Yeah. And so we got a really great deal. And I mean, she's she was good then, but she's really turned into something great. Yeah, she's like a brand. Yeah, she's she hosts she has classes that people pay her for. And all about newborns, yeah. Yeah, and she's in ma- magazines and all kinds of things. So 
we got really, really lucky with that yeah. situation. Um, and now, the moral of that story is, you know, back your friends if they, you know, are trying to do something cool or whatever, you know, go ahead and pay them to do it because uh, there's a good chance it may really help and that helped us. So yeah. you know, it, was a, it was a good transition. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we jump into the actual um, wedding from there where we go in and... Um, for anybody who hasn't done a, you know, actual courthouse marriage, you literally are in a courtroom and you're standing before the judge. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's kind of awkward, not in the, uh, like, oh, this lady's judging us kind of thing, but it's literally like, oh, this, this is not a, you know, chapel or church and this is not your friends and everything else. But, um, we ended up having a whole lot of friends. There were like, 10 or 12 people there right uh, i don't say a whole lot yeah like, so i have so many friends i have like a <laughs> dozen yeah well so you know we didn't realize i can't remember if they told me beforehand or if it was once we got there but they yeah. said we could have we could fill it, it up it was like been 250 people yeah. i think was the max it had to be beforehand because we had a good chunk of people that actually made time to make it out so Well, and so, but, you know, it wasn't traditional in the fact that, like, you weren't standing there and I didn't walk Mm -hmm. up to you. And so we just walked in together. Everybody walked in and they sat down and we went up to the, um, Mm -hmm. it's not an altar. The podium, I guess. And so it was, you know, (laughs) I remember standing there like we were in trouble. Yeah. And, And she said, you know, you guys can hold hands or something. You can look at each other. You don't have to look at me. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, we don't want to go to jail. Are you sure? Is that yeah. cool? Um, so, yeah. So, then um, from there, we, we have the small ceremony. Right. Um, it was way shorter than yeah, I like ever five thought it minutes. would be. Yeah. If even five minutes. Yeah. I think it was like two. Yeah. And, and story of my life. Um, <laughs> hey. No, but for real. So, you know, we went through and that's whenever uh, one of my, my favorite things that I found out there is that a lot of people didn't realize or don't know still when you get married, your your marriage certificate is a legal name changing form, uh-huh. and uh, you know she was like, "Oh well, you know, write whatever name you want." And we're like, "Well, don't you mean just her taking my name?" Um, and she was like, "No, no, no, you can just literally, uh, you know, if you want to hyphenate, you want to take her name, or you want to do a whole new name, yeah, or whatever you, you want to do, just make up a name." Yeah, and then we were like, "Uh, what?" You know, <laughs> yeah. so um, didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, right. So you know, instead of just uh, getting married, you can divorce your family at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we we do that entire thing, and uh, there was no rice throwing and no exit ceremony, and there was no like reception reception or anything like that um but somehow or other dinner came into play um, right and somebody was like so are we doing dinner and we were like sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah where are we going fuck i don't know <laughs> um so yeah. somebody called out to tokyo garden out there off uh you know 51st or 41st well, or whatever it is i think i wanted to go to tokyo Garden. was it you i you're like hibachi sounds good well i thought you know that would be a fun thing to do everybody to be you know around the big hibachi table and you know it just sounded like something fun to do because we weren't doing a typical reception and typically receptions are well i don't know they're fun for some people right (laughs) there is an awkwardness to it though like are we gonna do the chicken dance or are we gonna do the uh (laughs) uh two steps this time song like i don't know well and and as the married couple you're walking around the reception. Yeah, and it's like hosting it, and it's like, hey, aren't we so great? <laughs> well, but I mean, you're just, you're having to say hey to everybody. Yeah. I'm not in a bad way, but you're, you have a lot of people to talk to. 
You may or may not be drinking. You may not even right. get to eat for hours. And you probably haven't eaten since, you know, the morning. Yeah. And now sure. it's seven o'clock at night. You know, and that, that actually comes up with a really good point is that you would think the wedding should be like the easiest, best day of your life. But <laughs> like, it seems like it's probably the most stressful for anybody yes. actually getting here. Like, Unless everything have... has to be perfect. Right. And we're like, uh, you know what? Let's just show up to a courthouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I if I ever if our daughters want to have big weddings, I would like to have a wedding planner for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I haven't even gotten to the point of thinking about like let's let our kids get married. So let's hold off on that one because I don't like that conversation. <laughs> okay. Um. So we go to Tokyo Garden, and um, you know, if anybody's ever been there before, it's Sabachi. You know, it's the flat top grill with the uh, choo choo sounds and the sake shots from th- three four feet away. <laughs> Um, but it was a really, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through, um, the manager comes over and he was like, oh, y'all get married. And we're like, yeah, we just got married. Um, and he was like, you like karaoke? And we're like, do what? Huh? <laughs> karaoke, sure, um, Yeah, like, sure, man, whatever, let's do it. And uh, it turns out in the back of that restaurant, they had like a hidden karaoke room that right. was massive. You yeah, know? and it had big leather couches. Yeah, for super sure. Super comfy. And then, like, the screen was literally a full-size projector. Uh-huh. And, you know, so we all kind of get back there. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good friend with us, Nick, who is all about karaoke. And, yes. like, that is his jam. Very so much so. instead of, you know, any one of us getting up there and, like, let me serenade you, he was like, <laughs> I got this. And he yeah. just started jumping in, which was awesome. Um, and our first dance was serenaded by Nick. Um, which last time I recorded this, you found it on YouTube. I um, did. Under Mike's, Mike yes, Hawes' and we YouTube. will link it in the comments. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, word to the wise, this was well before um, phone cameras were awesome or anything oh, like that. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad quality, but... Um, it's, it's just really dark. It is. Well, I mean, it was a dark room. Like, yeah, I don't know I if know. the lights were on at all when no, we were in there. Yeah. No, it was really dark the whole time. So I think yeah, in proper no, like, lighting, stage... it probably would be okay. Yeah. I don't think there was like a stage or anything. No. Like, it was just like, here's a wireless mic. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had our first actual dance via a friend singing karaoke for us. So if that doesn't say Oklahoma to you, I don't know what does in reality. <laughs> Just saying, you know, so we, we, from there, um, go back to work the next day. Yeah. We jump right back into life because who doesn't do that after getting married? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, what'd you end up doing? I don't know. I I was in nursing school. I mean, really, that's just the answer. I was in nursing school and I couldn't afford to be gone at all. I mean, that was why I tried to go to clinicals. So we jumped back in to school and work and then, the weekend came and our two of our good friends that we were originally mm-hmm. going to yeah, have yeah. at the wedding. Josh and Amy. And, right? Yep. Josh and Amy got with my dad and got us a hotel room over the weekend. And What was the hotel? I kept trying to think about that last time we Ooh. did this. Was it the Mayo? No, it wasn't the Mayo. It might have been the Doubletree. Okay. Yeah. It, there was a hotel downtown. It was a... Yeah, it was downtown. I can't. Yeah. Oh, I, don't I don't remember know. either. I was like, man, what, what was it? I think maybe it was idea. the double tree. Okay, fair enough. So we go in, and Josh and Amy had gotten there earlier in the day, mm-hmm. 
and gotten it all set up for us. So there were rose petals and chocolates and champagne and strawberries and, and sour patch kids. Sour patch kids. <laughs> they knew our favorite candies. <laughs> Once again, welcome to Oklahoma. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we we you stayed know, the night there. Yeah, we it, stayed the night there. We didn't even stay the weekend. It was just one night. Oh, right? I forgot. Yeah, I think it was just one no, night. I forgot. There were also pretty panties. Yes, there were. Yeah. 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 yeah thanks, guys. Thanks, this is Amy. Weird and awkward. <laughs> you know, like, who goes panty shopping for their best friend? I guess girls do that. Yeah. Like, guys, I was about to say, if I was girls? to go buy like a friend of mine, like, hey, dude, like I got you some underwear for your your next night, they'd be like, the fuck did you do to them? Like, are they full of itching powder? <laughs> did you? What did you do to them? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, we have you know. like whole parties for that. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, not so much. We don't do that. Yeah, no, bachelorette parties, sometimes yeah. bridal showers, right. you know, but I didn't have any of that since it was yeah. so short notice and yeah, for sure. non-traditional and so. So from there, um, really, you know, the next step was maybe three or four months, right? Like there wasn't anything crazy going on. Well. I mean, I went to Afghanistan. It was like, it was like a month when I had my first seizure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot yeah. that's that was before I actually left. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a month ish goes by post wedding, and then I gave blood because I always used to give blood at blood drives. We yep. had a blood drive at school, so I was given blood. And afterward, I didn't really feel that great, and so I told my friends, you know, I need to, I really need to go lay down. And so I went and put my head down in a classroom, and then. I woke up on the floor. Yeah. And had no idea what had happened. They said I had a seizure, my eyes rolled back in my head, I lost consciousness, obviously. Right. And part of the game on that one. Yeah. And then I remember the next thing I remember is maybe moving. I don't know, maybe they carried me. I ended up in one of the chairs, the right. chairs for giving blood. And then I remember you being there. I don't remember if I called you or if someone else called you. I think you ended up calling me. Um, I don't remember exactly um, how that conversation went. I think I was um, off work at the time or I, was, I wasn't I was doing anything crazy important because I was able to pretty much just get up and go. Right. Um, so I think I was off work and then um, showed up, kind of picked you up, and we didn't live far from where you were um, doing school at. Right, like a mile and a half. Right. So once we actually got back, you know, they you kind of went through like, oh, you know, I had a seizure and this, that, and the other. And uh, I think I talked with one of your instructors. Um, don't remember the name of her for the life of me. Probably Linda. It was Linda. Yep. Um, so you look at, yeah, I can't remember anything. <laughs> but Linda was the one who was like, hey, she had a seizure, you know, blah, blah, blah. You need to set up a, uh, um, hello. We just lost the computer screen. There it is. Um, so, yeah, Linda said, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. Um, you need to go get her checked out. And we were like, okay, cool. So we make an appointment or two for um, a neurologist set. Um, the, uh, I can't even remember how that went down because I remember not getting the neurologist's information until I went to the ER. Right. Oh, I totally forgot about that on the first recording too. So I went to the ER. Oh yeah. At we, Hillcrest, yeah, yeah, and, and they, they thought, thought I was you were on drugs. drugs. Yeah. yeah. I and so about they that. did. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. part of that story. And the crazy thing was, I worked there at the time. Yeah. So I said, why on earth would I come to the hospital where I work if I was on drugs? Are you guys freaking kidding me? Please yeah. do something about this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
so they gave you basically um, they gave me Ativan. Yeah, Ativan and then yeah. hydration was yeah. pretty much all that was there. Right. Yeah. And I I said I'm not I'm not nervous. I'm not anxious. I don't need Ativan. Like, right. I mean, anyway. So then we got the recommendation from for the neurologist there, and then I made the appointment and started seeing her, and. I saw her for two or three years and really yep. never had any improvement. Right. And so let, let's back it up a tiny bit there because, um, you know, the seizure part is definitely a huge part of this first five years. Right. Um, and the entire five years. Yeah. Five and years. for anybody who hasn't caught on yet, the episode name is going to be called A Shaky Start, not because our marriage was shaky, but because seizures um <laughs> you know and the seizure because jokes we're punny <laughs> yeah they there were seizure jokes all the time during this time frame oh yeah um so we'll, we'll jump into those a little bit more but we basically find out that you were having these episodes and it wasn't just one it wasn't just the one time you gave blood it happened multiple times leading up right to it, it kind of just cascaded after that yeah. i mean it was like you know that was the straw that broke the camel's back or right something. Yeah, yeah all of a sudden it's like oh yeah you're having hella seizures yeah like, i was having luck. them all the time yeah. um you know i had them in school and it, it would leave me just exhausted right and so sometimes you know i just i mean i don't even know how i made it that the end of that semester i guess because we only had a few weeks left yeah it was it was pretty late in the year is like April. Yeah. yeah and they told me you know you're gonna have to get this under control or you can't come back. And, you know, and so, I mean, I don't know. I just kept going to the doctor to try to get it under control. Right. But we, you know, we tried so many different medications. But I don't really, f I never felt like that doctor wanted me to improve. Right. I had asked to try a medication at, at the end of my journey with her. And she said, no, I want to try this one for a little longer. And I said, well, it hasn't done anything over right. two years. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I should have something happening by now. Right. And so. So let's back up a little bit, though, because right after we found out that you were having these episodes, um, you know, I got that call from the Navy that we talked about previously where they're yeah. like, hey, do you want to go to Afghanistan? And we were right. like, uh, and they were like it's better now than later. Right. You know? So we, we made the decision to say, yeah, all right, you know, we'll do it. Um, cause it looked like basically that I wasn't going to get out of it either way. It exactly. was either do something good that you're choose you, you choose now or get a crap job later. So right. we were like, well, I guess better to choose it. Um, Absolutely. you know, cause it kind of was one of those situations where they actually had a list of like, Oh, here are the open jobs coming up, mm -hmm. you know? So either you can choose one or we will send you to one. Right. Awesome. Heard that. So that's what happens in the reserves. That's it. You know, so we ended up going, um, or I say we, I ended up going um, to Afghanistan in August. And, right. um, you know, basically we had a few months of me here in the States. I didn't go to Afghanistan directly in August. It was, I think, September before I actually made it in country. Um, I had a couple weeks in New Jersey. Um, and then I went down to like Virginia for a couple days. And there was Gulfport, Mississippi. Um, for a couple days or whatever. So we kind of spread the love throughout the U.S. Um, and then once we got all of that done, I shipped out. And with you in that situation, it was a really complicated time frame because um, there wasn't really a way for us to communicate. We had, like, Facebook, and we could message each other. Right. But it was with a huge delay in, in actual time frame because, like, I don't remember what the separation was, but I think it was, like, 
16 hours or something Yeah, I stupid. feel like it was 16, 17 hours. Yeah, it was, it was like a that. huge gap between time frames. So it's like early morning or late night or um, something like that. Well, and it was just enough to where having, you know, it wasn't like a 12-hour time difference where you could just kind of flip your schedule, you know? Right. Or where I was like at the tail end of my day or you were. It was really like your entire day was while well, I would have been sleeping normally. So I kind of had to switch my schedule to be a little later, which yeah. isn't really that hard for me because right, I'm a right. night owl anyway. Yeah, it was definitely more of a uh, strange setup because, you know, we worked long days too. We had like 16-hour days on average. Um, you know, we'd get up 6 o'clock, go in, whatever, and then we wouldn't be done till you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock was not uncommon. Right. Um, and we only had a half day on Monday. So right. we did that, and I was outside the wire pretty much every day. Um, and we can regale with the military stories at a different time. Um, but the, the moral of that entire situation was that I wasn't around number one, number two, we couldn't really communicate very well until, um, probably three or four months in, I think is whenever I finally got a cell phone. Um, and then once I got that phone, you know, we, we were able to have you Skype, um, and call the local land number or not land number, but the local mobile number. Um, internationally. So if anybody has anybody outside the U.S., um, rather than just trying to call their cell from your cell where you, you know, run up ridiculous minutes or or, um, charges, I don't think minutes are a thing anymore. (laughs) Um, Hashtag showing my age. (laughs) Listen, call me after seven. I mean, I think you can still buy like track phone minutes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we, we basically were set up in such a way that you had to uh, call me via that, so it was like two or three dollars a minute. So it was a ridiculous amount of money for you to talk to me. Yeah. Um, but we still talked a couple times, you know, probably four or five nights a week in general. Um, yeah, it was once you got settled more there. Um, we didn't go too many days without yeah. talking. Occasionally, it would be, you know, oh hey, we ended up. You know, it just for various reasons. I don't know. You may not have ever even told me the actual reasons, but for various reasons, good choice not to. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to make our time that we had, you know, tried to plan on. And but most days we did get to talk, which was really helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I went through a lot here um, to try to keep like sending you comforts of home, so. You know, my my job, I guess, while you were gone, was to set up boxes. Right. You, and, were, you were kind of my go-to caretaker, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, from far away. <laughs> so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time curating, I guess, these boxes that I would send you. And I can't remember how often I sent them. Probably once a week? Yeah, they were pretty often. I wouldn't say, you know, necessarily. It's like, oh, it happened every seven days. Right. But it was, you know, um, with how the the post service works over there, um, it wouldn't be uncommon to get, like, you know, two days of spacing followed by nine days of not getting them kind of thing. Um, But they were definitely helpful. You know, we were getting packages with... You know, you were sending me like the the beef jerkies and the. Oh, I forgot about the beef jerky. Yeah, you were sending me beef yeah. jerky and beef jerky and seeds. And I sunflower bought sunflower seeds. Yeah, a big box of sunflower seeds that was, I think it was like a three by three by three yeah, foot box. It was huge. Yeah, I'm sure because they were pound bags. And yes. I think you bought probably I don't know. I bought 30, all the flavors. Yeah, I bought all the flavors. 
Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I sent those because anyone who knows Brandon would know Brandon loves sunflower seeds. I mean, we have some now here in the the house. He really likes them for car rides. And, well, he was in the car all the time in Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. I was outside the wire every day. I had to be... We had to drive from Kabul to uh, um, a Ford operating location called Siasang. Um, and it was, you know, only a couple of miles, but traffic is nuts out there. And we'll go over that at a different time. But, you know, so we had this, this separation that we started to kind of figure out, um, you know, a few months in. But then life decided to throw another curveball. And uh, you got custody of Zoe basically while I was... Uh, out of out of pocket, out of country, out of everything, you know, right. not in contact as well as we should be. And there was that situation where it's like, hey, by the way, we're also bringing a, a teenager into the house permanently. Here we go. Yeah. But before that, I want to make sure we hit on our communication. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of what I was having here was... Uh, dealing with my own insecurities. Right. And I had a lot of that before we got married. But then once we got married, it was, there was a big wash away of a lot of them. And like, oh, this is real. You You're know, like, because. Got him. <laughs> Sank. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, you're my second boyfriend ever. Right. Like, and, you know, my first boyfriend was right before you. Sure. So to, to think that, our life together was real was kind of a stretch for my imagination right and that it wasn't going anywhere and so it took a lot of it took some therapy really yeah, right right for me yeah, you had i forgot uh, yeah counseling yeah i i was it, yeah. doing some therapy while you were gone and trying right. to deal with all of my own insecurities and then one day you know because i was trying to not worry you right and i didn't want and to, i was doing the same yeah thing. <laughs> and i didn't want to lay more on you to stress you out about what was going on with me right. while you were in Afghanistan in a war, you know, right. I mean. And it's so funny, though, because I was doing the exact same thing. Is I was right. like, I don't want her to worry about me, you know, getting shot at and having to worry about getting blown up or anything like that. We just want to avoid those conversations as a whole because right. new wife already having to worry about everything else. Like, I'll just internalize that until I get back and we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. We're both like, let's not worry the other person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrible decision. Right. Yeah. So one day I finally just said, okay, I'm just going to let it all out because right. if I don't, I'm going to burst or get a divorce. So <laughs> terrible decision. Don't do that. I know. <laughs> so I just, and I think this is all over Facebook Messenger Probably, at the time. Yeah. Because that was a very convenient right. messaging back then. And it, it was well, the texting. Still is. Yeah, concept. exactly. Yeah. So I just said, you know, hey, this is kind of what I'm going through dealing with in my mind, and I need to tell you about it, and I need you to tell me how you feel about it. And you basically just said, well, I chose you, I married you, I still choose you. Right. You know, I I want to be your husband, and I want to live our life together, and that was really all I needed to hear. And so then that just kind of washed away everything else and right. made, made it all easier and what's funny is that when we told this last time like i still don't remember that conversation I, not not i'm gonna have to go back through facebook oh, and sh- go at it um <laughs> it's not so much like i remember that there was struggle and there was that but 
to me, I think maybe it didn't register as heavy as a conversation because mm-hmm. it was just like simple, honest truth. Right. And when you have those and you're not having to worry about it and make it up and all that kind of stuff, it's so much easier to, you know, tell it how it is and then kind of move on. You're like, no, no, this, this is where we're at. Like there's no yeah. other questions on that. Like, here you go. You know? Uh, so I remember you saying that and I kept trying to think back. I was like, man, I don't remember that conversation. Like, am I a terrible person because of that? And then I was like, well, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's honestly. Um, it's because you weren't having those feelings yourself. Right. Well, there's You that. weren't struggling with that. Uh, but then there's also the, um, you know, I wasn't worrying about it in, in the same way. You know, did, right. I, did I worry like, oh, she's going to pull a dear John, take all my money and run? <laughs> Not really. I didn't have that, you know, that a lot of people have. So. Um, I think I was more carefree than, than you were at the time, you know, even though it's like, oh, I might die out here, but I don't have to worry about what's going on at home. You know? <laughs> so I guess that's a one up, right? Yeah, I guess. So then Zoe, my yeah, sister, yeah, yeah, Zoe, my sister was living with our mother. Shout out if you're obviously. listening. Hey, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, my, anyone who doesn't know, my mom is bipolar and she has been dealing with this disease for a very, very long time. I I always like to clarify the bipolar thing because I think that in the current generation, um, people use bipolar as an excuse to be an asshole. Oh God, seriously. Um, I, I really like all the time, like, Oh, I've, I'm bipolar, you know? And they like, I just go off the hook because I can, but real like legitimate, you know, manic depressive where it's like, she's up for five days and sleeps for five days yeah. and she's manic. It's, it's nuts for five days. It's yeah. not just, um, a little bit of stuff. It's legit. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, you know house if, is spotless in days. Yeah. Um, but then when she goes to sleep, like she's out. Yeah, for, I mean, for multiple days when she's depressed. I mean, it's a struggle for her to get up and just go to the bathroom. Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, just and that, to have that's the motivation challenge. there. You know, and it's not. I always look at it like I said with the the current generation who they view themselves as bipolar, but in reality, they just haven't learned to manage their. Um, emotions you know we talked about that with the kids you know is Mm -hmm. that um, you can teach them to learn to read and write and do all that kind of stuff but if they can't manage their emotions it doesn't fucking matter right Um, and I think that's the same kind of thing you know is that um, you know she she definitely struggles with a legitimate issue not a surface level you know bipolarism for sure yeah and i mean you've i think really experienced that more recently since we moved back and so Mm -hmm. have i um, there are things that happened that I didn't realize were things. Right, right exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah. So at the time, she was still really struggling to get her mental um, stability, stability back. under yeah. you know just at all. She never really had gotten to a point in the ten years, maybe we'll say, since she had been diagnosed. She'd never gotten stable. Um, right. So Zoe needed to come stay with us so that she could get to school. Yeah, because she missed a huge amount of school for that one semester, yeah, year, so whatever it was. Yeah, so there was a year, I think it was the year before, she missed 22 days, I think she said. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, we actually had a conversation about this recently where my mom didn't quite remember things because of 
her mindset and everything at the time, she didn't quite remember things the way they were. Right. And so she, you know, she was kind of surprised to hear some things. She said, well, I thought you got to school just fine. (laughs) So Zoe, though, the reason that she had so much trouble getting in is she was in a charter school yeah, that so she didn't was, have buses and right. there wasn't a way to her get there because right. she lived uh, multiple miles away through, yeah. you know. I mean, she lived across town from the yeah, school. You know, through and, a downtown, you know, metropolitan area. So it's not like anything you want a, you know, 13-year-old walking through. Yeah, you no. Know, so it, it wasn't by choice that she was missing these days. I know... You know, a lot of kids that are in, uh, you know, regular public schools who have a bus system and have a way to get, they just got to get up and they got to do it or whatever. There's, you know, I'm not saying there's more or less excuse when you have a situation like that, Um, but she legitimately did not have a way to do it. Right. And there was no Uber at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, go get in the car with a stranger off the internet. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't think they even let you do that with minors, but. Well, I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) But. So she wasn't getting to school. She was missing a lot. And, you know, you just, she's not the kind of person that wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's really, you know, especially when she has something in mind, she's a real go getter. Um, you know, yeah. now she's, she's in going into her fifth year of college because biology. And yeah, but she's, she's going to go on to get her doctorate. I was going to say, she's legit doing the five years. Yeah. I mean, plan. she's, she's done, you know, she hasn't messed anything up she's got a great gpa you know she's getting the good student discount you know and (laughs) not not to throw you on their bus but you know you did you did five (laughs) years to get the associates because you switch majors like 17 times or something yeah where she's been driven from from the start knowing that hey i'm gonna do this and she's really pursued it right so you know i always talk about um with people in general is that i hate how college is designed in theory is that why because you can take an astronomy class sure what does that have to do with anything (laughs) i took an astronomy class you mean astronomy or astrology astronomy okay well astronomy (laughs) is fine if if you were taking astrology yeah but i mean like what the hell's wrong with you (laughs) um you know if somebody's teaching like all the the like oh pisces do this i'd be like you're an idiot (laughs) i Um, don't do that (laughs) yeah but uh you don't do anything that typical pisces are supposed to do i don't even know what that means and i take that as a compliment <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks <laughs> um you know but anyways so yeah so zoe uh at the time came on board with us because um she was having trouble getting to and from school um so i'm in afghanistan you're having epilepsy happening yeah i wasn't supposed then, to be driving right and then it's like and let's I take was, on a teenager yeah and so i was living with my dad in owasso right which is 20 minutes from her school yeah. and i needed to get her to school you know we had that conversation about the the necessity of her either switching schools or staying oh, in. yeah we did and that was a big point of of um issue i think is the best way to say it. i mean it wasn't like a uh, you know deal breaker by any means um but i was very heavy pushing towards like i think it's a better idea for her to go locally because you're not supposed to be driving and yeah. i have to work and you're like yeah fuck that doctor guy i'm gonna drive and have <laughs> epilepsy it's fine well you know my big concern was keeping something the same for her yeah yeah because i mean it's a major shift yeah and just because with all the things that she'd been through up to that point in her life and 
you know, I mean, me too, but I wanted something to be the same and stable and, and, uh, mom brain. <laughs> and mom brain. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I definitely hundred percent, I think we made the right decision in the long run for her Yeah, because, you know, Dove had a great college prep set up. They had a great, uh, SAT prep and all of the stuff that went with it, which was really good for her. Well, and going from such a small school to such a huge school, yeah. I think would have been a really difficult thing at the time. You know, I mean, obviously she's gone on to college and that's been fine. Yeah. But I think at the time, just with everything else, she really needed that one thing to be the same. And so, so moving on from, you know, us, you know, taking custody of her. It wasn't custody. We took guardianship and there there is a difference. Um, you know, guardianship is basically, um, being able to make legal decisions, whereas custody would include things like child support and and biological parentage, in which case we were neither. Yeah. I mean, I think you can still get custody if you're not a parent, but, um, you know, guardianship was just, it's, it was all we needed to do. My mom was very, agreeable to right. the situation and she and still had full rights to do whatever she needed to do. yeah so yeah. that's that's one of the other differences i think as well yeah um nobody's exchanging rights it's just kind of adding them on to us right um so we get zoe and uh you know i say we it's really you um right. and then you guys move into that new apartment out yep. of your dad's place before i get back and, and start painting the walls all kinds of funny colors um, purple and orange yeah. and orange in yeah. the kitchen yeah and it was like oh dear god um <laughs> uh, so you guys get everything kind of laid out and then i make it back and uh the next few years is really um me working you trying to balance this this medication situation with everything because um you know the entire thing and we'll jump to that in a second is that the doctor didn't really believe you, which was weird because it wasn't showing up on the EEGs. Right. Yeah. So, so I would have these EEGs, which is an electroencephalogram, if yeah. in, ca- in case you're curious. And that's where they glue these electrodes to your head for, you Legit. know, <laughs> various, <laughs> various amounts of time. You know, it could just be an hour. I've had one hour. I'd had three days. Yeah. And man, getting the glue out of your hair is miserable. After three days. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. So we do that, um, and, you know, you've got now Zoe on board and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I was working. You, you were know, working, like, I, yeah. Yeah, so I started working as a server again mm-hmm. while you were still gone, I think. Maybe. Or maybe after you I was, got back. I, thought, I, I think I came back first. Yeah, so then, you know, I was taking her to school and serving and trying to get the medication stuff right i mean i don't know that she ever really changed anything i think she added a couple different ones right. and took those away but she always kept the same one for the main one so, and and yeah i don't think anything really i i remember her saying one time that something showed up but not a lot right and so we kept doing these same tests but nothing ever changed but right. i was still having these problems and that eventually led me Oh, no. Yeah. I remember what made me change doctors was asking her to change my medications completely. To something that was more baby-friendly. To yeah. something that was baby-friendly in case we decided to go ahead and try to have right. kids. Because, you know, and the medications... No. <laughs> right. The medications that you were on, um, they had significant downsides. I think one, um, you know, would have caused... Um, 
spina bifida. There was spina bifida, and then mm-hmm. like there was you know like a fifteen percent chance that the baby would be born without a brain. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of just absolutely nuts things. So we were like, you know what? We need to find this this doctor to help us out or whatever. And and she was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um. So then she was, you know, kind of. I don't want to say she was rude about it, but I remember her being basically like, no, you don't get to have kids. No, no. She said that we were young and we had plenty of time. That's what it was. Yeah. And like, I, you don't need to do that. Yeah. And I said, at least to myself, no one else is going to tell me <laughs> when Start I can try something else, you know, and maybe have the chance of having kids because right. I had baby fever. So I... Three years in a row, I got baby fever from like just over the summer, basically. And the third year, it didn't go away. Every other year, it went away. And so, you know, the first few years, we weren't going to have kids. Right. I mean, we were going to have Zoe. The risks were too heavy. But we weren't going to have kids for, I I think it was more than just my medication. I think it was just that we had our dogs and we were going to be, you know, just a couple and have a lot of fun in life and do Crazy well, I things. think a lot of it came back to the epilepsy thing, though, as well, you know, because it was like, well, do we want to risk, you know, jumping into that and then, you know, something happen and be just completely devastated? Yeah. Well, you know? and that was another thing, too, was I was worried. What if I had a seizure while I was holding our baby? Right. Exactly. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah. Right. How how will I take care of a baby or a child if I'm having this problem? Right. And, and it's not under control because it still wasn't under control at the time. For sure. So once she said, no, you're young, you have plenty of time, I want to continue trying this medication for a little longer, I said, okay, I'm going to find somebody new because this medication hasn't been working for the last two or three years, however long at that point. And the fact that she wouldn't try anything new was just my sign to go. So I found a new doctor and she said, sure, Right. right away. And so the first one we tried, I remember, made me so tired. Like, I could barely get up out of bed and off the couch to go to the bathroom tired. And then we switched, and then the second one just helped. Right. And and it was a couple years, I think, that I was under control. Yeah, like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. yeah. And then I started having problems again for no no known reason. reason, And that's when she recommended we go to MINSEP. Right. Which I can't remember what it stands for. It's Minnesota, Minnesota Institute something. something. Yeah, yeah, for epilepsy. So the, yeah, their entire focus yeah. is uh, on epilepsy. And so we went there and we did. We, we did a road trip, which was fun-ish. Yeah, because we went all the way up to basically the border of Canada and then came back down. Um, we went to that little pie place that like, you mm-hmm. know, was, was off the Great Lakes and like yes. 10 miles from yes. Canada or whatever. Lindsay... Johnson, well, she was she wasn't married at the time, and she's married now. Um, gotcha. She recommended that to us. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." She said, "You have to go to this place. You've got to go to the you know the lake, and you've got to go to this place." And so we went, and it was delicious, and it was really cool. It was retro, like a retro diner. Yeah, and and they had really great pie. I cannot remember the name of it now, but she probably will. Yeah, it was like two (laughs) hours north of where we were actually going in Minsev. Yeah. Yeah. So we went up there, and I mean, we were up there by the Great Lakes. We had to go see a Great Lake, you know. Right. I mean, why not? So, so we did that, and then we went to Minsep, 
and I was there for what five days total I think they did all kinds of you know scans testing yeah I mean that I think I was hooked up to the EG the entire time you were you were hooked up at the EG the entire time and the very first thing they did was actually take you off of medicine to find out what was really oh, going yeah. on um and you know whenever they first took you off you had a little bit of issues and then like a day and a half later um things kind of subsided but they were like well you know you're not seeing a whole lot and then you know they were inducing them and this is something i thought about since um we did mm. the first one is that do you remember them having you rapidly breathe and oh, then yeah. yeah they were trying to induce seizures they were trying to stress me out right and seizures were happening you know you yeah. were having these situations and then you know, afterwards they'd look at all the uh, EEG information and be all like, "Nope, that wasn't a seizure. Let's do it again." Yeah, I'm like what? Like you just watched that go down? Like, yeah. I know people can fake things. That was not being faked. Like that was like what the <laughs> oh, hell was no. happening? Yeah. I would not. If I could fake anything, it would be like sleeping, not seizures. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, hundred <laughs> percent. So you, uh, yeah, so you went through and we, we did that entire thing and they ran multiple test sets um, mm -hmm. the entire time we were there. And uh, one thing that I thought about, um, and I'm going to give a shout out real quick to Jeff, um, you know, this was uh, while I was still working um, at the same company as he was and I was in a different restaurant um, and he pulled together some cash and things and, and they sent us a card. Do you remember that? vaguely yeah he was like hey man is there anything i can do and i was like man you know we're good blah blah blah. and he was like okay cool we're sending you a gift card yeah. um and he sent us a gift card which you was know, it like eating... to target no, no no it was uh it was like a visa gift card oh. um and that's how we we were eating because you know we did this entire thing out of pocket without right um really huge amount of financial means you know yeah still i mean insurance but i mean it was basically like taking a vacation yeah except because I mean, you still had to eat Right. You know, I mean, I could eat hospital food, but you still had to eat it. Right, so and... I had to pay for it separately, yeah. and hospital was expensive fucking yeah, food. Yeah, you know, it always There was is. a Chili's up the way that was like half the price of what the hospital was. And um, I think there was an Applebee's, Yeah, there was. There? there was an Applebee's. That's where I got that uh, Pabst glass. And I think that's where I got that chicken that had the quinoa and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that, you were the like first changing time. your life. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. I so, think they still have it. Yeah, I've gotten it. Since I'm then. sure they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we do the uh, we do the mincep thing, and multiple days go by, and seizures happen left and right without having seizure activity in the brain itself. Which, right. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know what seizures are, is literally you have electrons, uh, not electrons, you have electrical signals that fire on the outside of your brain um, and basically through the entire thing. But what they're monitoring is the outside section of your brain. And uh, what a seizure is, is whenever those things don't fire off. So like you're basically losing electrical current running on the outside of that brain. So you weren't having that. Your brain was firing normally, but your body was seizing. Right. Um, so we went through and they did their entire test set. And then finally they came back like the day before you're supposed to be checking out. And they were like, okay, so you're not having seizures, but we think you have latent childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're going to schedule a psychiatrist for you to talk to. Yeah, and like, well, and they what? came at me with all these questions about, yeah. you know, if I'd been molested or, yeah. you know, just anything like that. And I said, no, no. I You're mean, like, no, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> I'm a girl. Well, I'm not a boy. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're both on that one. Yeah. Sorry um, for any Catholic friends. <laughs> Joke. 
So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I I can't think of anything like that that's ever happened to me. So, you know, not when I was a kid. And so I said, no, I don't think that's the problem. And they Mm -hmm. went ahead and sent in the psychologist. Yeah. And And the psychologist was... Yeah. So that was really interesting. In walks this, this doctor... Or we we think he's a doctor, you know. He's wearing he a white coat. He didn't introduce himself. Like yeah, he he, he walks in. Dude. He just he sits down in the chair next to my bed, lays he, back. I was gonna say he didn't just sit down. Like he he, he lounged back. Yeah, <laughs> he lounged in the chair. Yeah, and he's Big old like white beard and, uh-huh. and the lab coat was not very well pressed or anything. He like looked that. very hippie. Yeah, he was he was Tom Petty, uh, like you know older Tom Petty. For yeah, sure. yeah. And he goes, "What's up?" <laughs> yeah, he goes, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, and I was like, "Um, hey, right? We like just we didn't hanging know out." Who this guy was in like, the bed. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, so then he goes to introduce himself. He was like, "Yeah, you know, they said you were having some issues and blah blah blah." Um, he's like, "So tell me what's going on." And we start going through, and uh, you know, I take full credit for the the blood pressure thing. Is that you know they. Uh, when they were checking you in the hospital, they would test you once with the, the cuff on. And then without taking the cuff off or changing anything after checking it, you know, you would be at first like 60 over 30. And then your second test would be like 75 over like 50 or something like that. Um, they were like, you know, the first time, like every time they checked it, they're like, no, that's not right. We'll do it again. And they checked it twice every time they checked it. Um, and we mentioned that to him. And he goes, okay, so they do a tilt table test on you. Well, no, first he asked if they had checked my blood pressure, you know, doing the standing up, sitting down, right, laying right, down yeah, thing. Yeah. And I said no. And so, and then he asked, you know, just if they'd done any heart tests. And I said no. no yeah. And I, I thought, why would they? Yeah, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense in itself. Um, but now thinking back on it, um, for us to go through that entire setup and, and, uh, you know, understanding things now, it's like, damn it, that's too easy. How do, yeah. how do we not see this? Well, I mean, a lot of doctors didn't see it. Yeah, so. right. True story. So basically what ended up happening is they sent her back and they did a tilt table test where you're basically on this movable flat surface that can mm-hmm. go upside down or whatever direction it needs to go. And uh, they basically, you know, move you enough to try and, and make well, your blood do fun they things. give you nitro. Yeah, yeah. and they give you nitro. under your yeah. tongue. And if you pass out, like I did, yeah. that's a positive tilt table test. And so that just means basically that, you know, you're more likely to pass out. So, right. so what we find out is that her blood pressure being significantly low, um, you know, stemmed all the way back to the first time she gave blood is that she gave mm-hmm. too much blood. So giving too much blood, causing a seizure. And then from there, when we started getting this epilepsy medication and things, most of them lower your actual blood in your system and it caused... Your blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, but your blood pressure as a whole and it it was causing the issue to continue because it was lowering her blood pressure. Right. Um, Which is the damnedest thing because, you know, it's like, oh, she had a seizure. Here, take the seizure medication. Oh, she's still having seizures. (laughs) You know, nobody equated it it to... vicious circle <laughs> yeah it really was so we uh we find that out and uh you know billy made that fantastic statement he was like okay so <laughs> she always eats really healthy so if she would have ate mcdonald's she would have been fine yeah we're like yeah probably he was like okay mcdonald's would have saved her life got it <laughs> um which is just a crazy theory in itself yep. to, to have anybody have that situation yep 
Well, but they prescribed me salt pills to help increase my blood pressure. You know, I didn't necessarily avoid salt before, but I definitely didn't try to have salt. Right. You know, I mean, if I I enjoyed the flavor of something without salting it much, then... You ran with it, yeah. I ran with it. And I ate a lot of whole foods, and so naturally you're not eating a lot of sodium. Right. And the salt pills... It was, it's like a milligram of salt. Yeah. And, and that was like way a too much. Eraser of salt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so taking that, I tried it twice and it just made me yeah. super nauseous or vomit. Right. Or both. And I decided I was just going to get my sodium naturally with, you know, pickles and french fries. <laughs> yeah. Right. So from there, we drive back. Um, you know, and kind of start getting ready to try and have kids because, um, you know, we find out it's just like, oh, eat more salt. Cool. Thanks for five years of fuckery. Yeah. Um, so from there, you know, we're going to kind of um, just kind of relay out that last bit of, of the entire recap. You know, we went from um, getting married super non-traditionally and jumped into... Um, you having seizures yeah and then jumping to me going to afghanistan adopting a teenager basically um coming back and having to deal with all of these issues um so the first five years were just absolutely insane for us right um you know i i really honestly say that we went through so much more too yeah we went through so much more than most couples do in that five-year mark you know there's People being stupid and people not being, you know, respectful of each other. Yeah, that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but very rarely do you have that much random crap happening to a couple yeah. whenever their first their first wed. It's just kind of insane. Well, that. and we haven't even finished out that last year. Oh, uh, what, what are we missing? Well, you know, we came home. That was August-ish, yeah. Minsep, I think. And then uh, we went and saw my, or I went and saw my OBGYN. And got the all clear to try to get pregnant. Right, right. And so, and then I went back to work. I'd been off work for like six months with right. with this seizure stuff because um, I'd had a good job for a few years, and then I was off because I was uncontrollably right. having seizures. And so then I went back to work, and I got the all clear from the OBJYN, and we got pregnant. Yep, but we're gonna hold that one until the next the next one because that's that that's a whole huge own individual story yeah no we'll we'll get back to that okay um just because it really really makes more sense to throw into the next episode so as we end this i want to thank everybody who uh bared with us all the way through the end of that fun story um and the next time we talk we'll talk about uh, our entire um pregnancies into twins into another baby into moving and then moving again and then (laughs) holy crap um so we'll get back to all of that um but i definitely want to say that um, this was really fun for us you know uh, we were talking about this today um there's not a lot of time I think people spend and sit and talk with each other. And this has really created an avenue for us to do that. So, um, you know, I, I definitely want to say anybody that's listening, if you want to, you know, get in there and start relaying your history to remember it later on down the road and need somebody to talk to, definitely let us know. Cause I think it'd be a really, really good time. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a journal. It is. It is. Except for one that, uh, you can put babies to sleep with. Cause that's what I've done for the last two nights <laughs> with the first episode. <laughs> No shame. Um, you did that last night too? Yeah, no shame. 
It works, man. Like, you want to listen to Mama? They're like, yeah. Like, all right, let's do this. (laughs) Um, So we're going to go ahead and sign off once again. uh, My name is Brandon Hines, and then we've got Vanessa Hines across the way. Good night, everybody. Um, And if you haven't seen, we have started a Patreon. If you want to uh, help us out, that'd be fantastic. Um, You don't have to do anything at all, but there's an option to, you know, buy a beer for the home life or even, uh, you know, help buy, you know, food and diapers or whatever the the need may be. (laughs) Um, Because the podcasting thing does have a little bit of an expense that goes with it, so nothing too crazy. Um, But thank you very much for listening, and, uh, you know, we will be planning to... Uh, get part three up here in the next few days. Hopefully we have this posted pretty quickly. So uh, thank you again and uh, have yourselves a good night. Bye. Thank you.